0: Anyway, our family was a mess. My father had recently been fired um, from his job and my brother was just in really bad shape. And uh, the other thing that had happened is is that I had, uh, I, had, um, I had wrecked some girl's car. I was driving this girl's car. She was in the car, but I was driving her car. And um, I'd been drinking and I somehow got, went off the road on this little street, suburban street. And instead of like admitting that I made a mistake because nothing bad had happened yet, I just kept driving around the house. And I got into their backyard and they were having a picnic there. And like they're all looking at me. So I like do a donut to turn around and somehow or another I get the car stuck between two trees. I mean, I couldn't open the door to even run, you know. It's stuck between two trees and both sides of the car, are caved in, and the girls there, and this whole family is picnic comes like walking over, like we'd turf their yard and now we're stuck between two trees.
1: What did they
0: do? Well, they called the cops but the cops didn't do anything. I didn't get in trouble, but I wrecked her car and there was $600 damage, which doesn't sound like very much damage, but this is such a long time ago that, you know, the car brand new probably cost a thousand bucks. Anyways, I owed her parents 600 bucks. So I had to work that off.
2: So back in the thousands when I was a tour guide in New York City on the double decker buses, you know, we would get charters every once in a while. And sometimes you wouldn't even talk. Like you would just be with the bus and make sure the microphone worked for the people toasting the wedding and that no one got up and got hurt. You know, because you're up on this bus and you're really near these street lights, so if you get up, you can get your head knocked. One fall I go in and the dispatcher calls me in and says he's got a special charter for me. Turns out that I'm going to be the guide on the Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, Macy's Fashion Week Charter Bus Night Out. And I'm going to be working with this driver, Chirac. And Chirac was like a rock. Big, broad smile. Very handsome. Really strong. Always so well-dressed. And just full of, like, positive energy. Now, here's the thing. I did not like Puff Daddy. You know, this kind of thug life, like big money worshipping, aspirational thing. At that time, I just, I I saw him as the enemy. But I thought, you know, I'll probably have just like no real interface. I couldn't figure exactly out what the charter was. First, we had to go to Queens because we had to get the bus covered in advertising for Puff Daddy's clothing brand. We are the only double-decker bus in history to go over the Queensboro Bridge. And when we were going up through the Queensboro Bridge, it became really obvious why you would never take a tour bus, a double decker tour bus, over that bridge. Because we were inches away from getting stuck in the bridge. And then we had to get on the Brooklyn Queens Expressway. Now the Brooklyn Queens Expressway, the clearance felt like even lower than the Queensboro Bridge. We hit this is the system we came up with. I'm in the stairwell of the Double Decker bus. And every time we get near a bridge, like an overpass, I would jump out of the bus and look to see how close we were to getting stuck. And if I felt like we were gonna really get stuck underneath the overpass, I would yell to Chirac and say, You gotta stop the bus. We're never gonna get through this. You know, we never did get stuck and it was but it was close. And I'm not really sure what was going through our heads. I don't feel like we got any direction on this. We were basically given a couple of addresses and say go do this. And it was kind of exhilarating for both Chirac and I. And so we were having kind of a great day that day together. Then we roll over to Macy's in Brooklyn, in the Fulton Mall. And this is where we pick up the first people who are going to be on this Puff Daddy fashion night out thing. And it's really not a lot of people. Like, it's like five or six people. No one seems to want to get on the bus. There's even someone in the promotional thing who's talking to people passing by and say, do you want to get on Puff Daddy's Fashion Night Out bus? And they just keep, no, they're like, no, they keep walking. I remember there's this one guy in the front of the bus. He's got this pencil-thin mustache. He's real dapper. You know, he's got, like, spats on his shoes. He's got this great silk shirt. And he's probably in his 50s, and he's real grouchy. You know, he's just kind of grouchy. He's one of these grouchy guys. He's like, my nephew and my niece, I spent $6,000 on macy's stuff to get me my nephew and my niece on this bus now my nephew and niece they're not even coming they're standing me up to get on this bus one thing you could do is if you spent two thousand dollars at macy's you could get a seat so this poor guy spent six thousand dollars at macy's which is kind of hard to do and his nephew and niece aren't showing up he's just i'm just thinking wow this is just some pathetic scene you know, when the dispatcher told me about Puff Daddy, I mean, even I, who didn't really like Puff Daddy, thought, well, this will be at least kind of glamorous, right? And we're sitting there in the Fulton Mall with six or seven people. No one wants to get on the bus. And I think, well, this is this is really going to be sad and pathetic. But then we roll into the city. We roll into Manhattan, and we go up to the Herald Square Macy's, the big one. And before I know it, the bus is just totally jammed up, like upstairs and downstairs. Like I think I, I turned around. And this huge crowd came out of the Herald Square Macy's and onto the bus. You know, got corralled on the bus. And, you know, part of this crowd's actually really hip. I don't really know if I knew if Puff Daddy was going to be on the bus or not. But that's who we're waiting for. It becomes really clear. And Chirac downstairs, the driver, I think Puff Daddy had a liquor named Chirac, so he just thinks that they're going to hit it off really good. You know, Puff Daddy's an icon. We're going to get a huge tip. And then maybe some kind of long-term relationship with Puff Daddy... I already know that the route from Macy's and Herald Square to the after party is the worst route in the city for streetlights. 34th Street is a terrible low streetlight thing. They hang super low. I mean, people sitting down get scared. But the only worst part that I was ever in in Manhattan for streetlights was going up Madison Avenue. But I think, you know what, I'm a seasoned tour guide, I can figure this out. Well, all of a sudden, like a blur out of this Bentley... Pops, Puff Daddy, and three bodyguards. And he gets on the bus, and the bus is going all of a sudden. I'm, like, downstairs. I have to run upstairs after him. And he is now in the back of the bus, standing on the seats. And the music is starting to go really loud. And he starts rapping over the music. Like, he is clearly in the way to get his head knocked off. And I'm faced with this, really, this thing now. Kind of up to me to save Puff Daddy's life. And even in that moment, I'm thinking, you know, you want to save people's lives if they're in danger. But also, I'm saving the life of someone who really represents everything I don't like about the city. But, you know, due to my higher moral stance, I run to the back. I'm like, I'm trying to like pull on Puff Daddy, kind of pull him down, not like spastically, but like kind of like tug on him and say, you really have to sit down. And the bodyguard kind of edges me out. He's not aggressive or mean about it, but he kind of edges me out. And I say, listen. If you don't pull Puff Daddy down, he's going to get hurt. Like, he could get killed. And I'm right in front of Puff Daddy, and he's got his dark sunglasses on, and he's probably lip-syncing over whatever the track is. And it was very loud. I mean, everyone around in the neighborhood is watching this go by. And I look up at Puff Daddy, and it's almost like he's a body double or something. Like, there's only something robotic about Puff Daddy. He's not taking anything in. And I'm looking up as we're going, I'm backwards, I'm looking backwards, and I'm also worried about the lights. And Puff Daddy, I gotta say, he was so cool. I mean, he's rapping, he's probably lip-syncing, but he's just, like, grooving. He's just grooving around these streetlights. He sees them, he sees them come up, and he just moves around it, right? Because when you think about it, it's not that hard to avoid a streetlight. If you see it coming, you just kind of groove, bob and weave like a boxer. And he's grooving up Madison Avenue. He's avoiding those lights up Madison Avenue. And then we get to the place where we're going to get off, which I think was an art gallery on Madison Avenue. And Puff Daddy, boy, he was, like a, again, like a blur. His bodyguards got him off that bus so fast. Shirok, who was, had turned to really like, try to connect with Puff Daddy, boy, he was left in the dust. And we did not get a red cent in terms of a tip. And Shirok, who was always so cheerful, you couldn't help but notice how like depressed he was about it. I remember getting off the bus, and um, this car went by and had this super loud horn, like like very much a custom horn. It just went, Brr! and just made me kind of jump into my own skin. And I just thought, oh, this is I love Manhattan. This is everything I do not like about Manhattan. And I just went to the subway. I was just happy to go home to Brooklyn. Boys and girls, your attention, please.
3: Here is your group. Henry Delgado and the muse and also for you dance much. If you like to dance, very well. And then smoke the cigarette. And put in wave. Cascara de platano mostas pole pole
4: jane jer babu babu en a oh la le
3: oh oh cantar can d- you now listen to say me to me what you say let's go baby. come on Jerry. come on door now. now please can't Listening to Barbarian in the Valley. Immediately, this puts you in a rarefied position, perhaps the most exclusive of all situations. You are one of a chosen few. You are an elite. The 99.99% of the public will never truly understand what you understand without effort. All from listening to this show, Barbarian in the Valley. Unfortunately, this also makes you a target of petty jealousies and perhaps even active aggressions. Please visit barbarianinthevalley.com website to sign up for a full security team to assess and analyze your personal safety vulnerabilities. All listeners can use the coupon code Davos Platinum to access instant savings. 天上太陽, 当家做主人 Я 自由, и 心中的太阳是毛泽东像太阳红阳红彤彤儿 Dzień
1: my friends that's it that's it is that it is that all there is wait wait maybe that's not maybe that's not the all of it I mean you know in a couple minutes I'm gonna turn off this mic but I'm still out here in the valley I'm still cruising these dark streets I'm still seeing things out of the corner of my eyes like Things I don't know whether to trust are real or not. I I don't know. I do know this is barbarian in the valley. And that I am the BIQ. That I'm your barbarian in question. I don't think I can go home. I think I'm going to be up all night. I don't know if I have a home anymore. I don't know what's coming in the air tonight. Let's find out how big this valley really is Because I got this car And it's filled with cheap gas I mean just like Surprisingly cheap gas Cheaper than water And when morning comes When dawn comes and that strange feeling, that strange feeling waiting for me, for you, when everyone's waking up, that you and I are falling asleep, and the world is getting Oh, what then?